Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to become the CEO of your author business. Today, we're talking about the effective use of keywords to improve discoverability for your books with our guest, Dave Chesson, who many of you no doubt know as the Kindlepreneur. Dave is a nine-year veteran of the U.S. Navy who developed a side hustle in online marketing while he was serving. Now that he's out, he describes himself as a husband, a father, and when he's not playing dress-up or chasing the boogeyman out of the closet or dealing with kids who are crying because he got two new cats that don't do what they want them to do, he's an online entrepreneur who specializes in Kindle ebook marketing. Dave, welcome to The Author Biz. Hey, thank you so much. It's really good to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here. And let's get started at the very, very beginning, the, the most basic level. Uh, in the world of Amazon, what is a keyword? Well, so the first thing you need to look at Amazon is it's actually a search engine, right? People go to Amazon, they type something into it, and really they're looking for a product, the, the words that they type, that's what we call keywords, okay? So for authors who want to have Amazon send people to their book, you need to make Amazon say, ah, yes, when somebody types in this word, I should show them this book. And when you have that, you start to use Amazon to help build your book sales and your authority. I can see how that works really well at a nonfiction level. Um, I, a lot of our audience are novelists, and I know we're going to get into this, but um, does this work as well for novelists? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, you know, it will continue to be an important part to any book marketing plan so long as there are people going to Amazon and typing something into search and finding the books that they want. Now, it may seem more obvious for nonfiction, but, uh, you know, one of the things I really want to talk about as we get through, uh, get into this is that the numbers and some of the things you can find out that Amazon tells you can give you incredible insight on how you can place your book for much better sales conversions, much happier customers, and a better chance that your name will get out there without doing that crazy hustle that we all have to do when we try to market <laughs> our book. Beg, borrow, request for reviews, go to fate, like none of that. Let Amazon do some of the work for you. Okay, so how do, how do we do this? How do we take advantage of this? Well, the first thing to selecting good keywords, and let me, let me step back. See, I want to kind of talk about two phases that people go into. When people think about keywords, they really think about it after they've written their book, okay? So, you know, they go to hit publish on KDP, you know, Kindle Direct Publishing, and then... That, then the panic comes in. Oh, you know, what, what keywords do you want to use? Oh, my God, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> exactly. It says, hey, what are your seven keywords? And people are like, oh, maybe I should look into that. See, I think that's cool. And that's okay. You can do that. But what I love to do is that before I write my book, I actually like to do the keyword research first. Because if you've done your keyword research right, you'll learn three things. Okay. Number one is whether or not people type that word into Amazon. Okay. In essence, this is like finding out what interests people. Okay, what what comes to mind when they're in the zone and they're like, hey, I really want to read a book that's kind of like Lord of the Rings, but Harry Potter, like what words do they use? And when you know those words, that's incredibly powerful. The second part to it is knowing whether or not those people will actually buy books um, that come up for those search terms. It's funny, but, you know, as we'll discuss later, somebody who types in the word fantasy into Amazon, they're not ready to buy. Okay, but. 
if they type in, you know, epic sci-fi war fantasy, that's really niche. They know what they're looking for, and you're going to see much higher buying for that kind of term. And then finally, number three is to make sure that the competition isn't so great that you're never going to enjoy the benefits of ranking very well for that type of term. Okay. So again, number one, know what people actually type in. Number two is whether or not people will pay for those kind of books. And number three, if the competition is too great for you to enjoy the benefits. You know, this sounds like I'm, I'm, Considerably older than you, and, and I was around during the dawn of Google Ads, AdWords, and ah. all of the, you know, you could go out and you could get these great keywords for two cents a click. I mean, it, it sounds like a lot of that being applied to the Kindle world. Well, actually, even more so today because Amazon created their own uh, basically AdWords system, and mm -hmm. they call it Amazon Marketing Services, where you can pay uh, to put your book to rank for certain keywords. Again, keywords, same keywords we just talked about, but instead for advertising. So when somebody types that in, you have a chance to have your book show up you know, right next to Harry Potter. Now, granted, putting your book next to Harry Potter is going to cost you a little bit, but if you do the same stuff we're talking about right now, and you do this type of research for your keywords, you can start to have your book show up in Amazon marketing services for very cheap but highly converting keywords. So if you're thinking naturally I want to show up for this mm -hmm. or I'm ready to pay for a AMS to put me there, what we're talking about right now works for both. Cool. Okay. Uh, do you have some examples that we could use? Because I've got some specific questions that I want to ask you on a specific example that works for me, but I know you've put together some, some material for the show as well. Yeah, absolutely. So again, we said that nonfiction is very easy, right? Usually mm -hmm. if you're doing nonfiction, you want to just kind of start, you know, your idea generations with, you know, the pain point, right? Uh, why do I need to read this book? You know, why, why is it that I'm so worked up that I've gone to Amazon? I'm like, I just need to find a book to fix this problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's nonfiction. That doesn't work with fiction because with fiction, <laughs> who's saying, oh my goodness, <laughs> I am like, so in a, I am stressed, and I need a fun book to read that's going to take me to another world and make me happy in the next <laughs> that's hour. That's right. If I don't have my epic sci-fi military book, I <laughs> am going to be very hangry. Okay. Now, um, so the kind of thing is, is that our brains don't exactly work like a – you know, I've got this problem for fiction. I need to come up with something. Our brains are kind of like, how do we describe what we like? Okay. Um, maybe you read a really cool, you know, I don't know, uh, vampire love book. And how do you say, hmm, I wonder what, what else is out there in the genre? Okay. So we're going to kind of talk about the ways to describe genre. Um, here's a prime example of how to niche down genre keyword terms so that you can get much better conversions. All right. For example, science fiction. I'm a huge sci-fi guy, as you can probably tell. I mm -hmm. keep saying epic sci-fi Yeah, sci those do military. seem to be your examples. Oh, I love, I love epic sci-fi military. I really do. Um, the, if, I typed, if I tried to rank number one for the word science fiction, okay, here's some of the numbers to give you an idea of what I'm looking at. Uh, right now, there are 137,000 competitors for the term science fiction. Uh, the top five books on average are making $84,000, around $84,000 a month. Mm -hmm. That's the average of the top five books for that mm -hmm. word. There are, on, on average, 
18,000 people per month typing that word into Amazon, science fiction. But the competition is just incredible. It's astronomical. It's about like, it's a 90, okay? And I, I give this little competition score one to 100, with 100 being impossible, one being just put the word in your title or subtitle and you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is a 90, all right? Now let's niche down a little bit more. Okay, and we have the word sci-fi military. Okay, again, we just added that little piece there. It drops the competitors from 137,000 to 17,000. Now, it does drop the monthly earnings from 84,000 to 3,800 per month. And it does drop the searches from 18,000 down to, here's the cool part, 7,000. Wow. And the competition has dropped significantly from 90 to 62, mm-hmm. right? Let's go even one more step, okay? Because I, I love and I read sci-fi, so I, I really know some of the terms that, that come to mind. I'm on forums on sci-fi. I'm talking with sci-fi authors. I'm, I actually like to help sci-fi authors a lot. Um, so any listeners out there, uh, if you're a sci-fi military writer, hit me up. I, <laughs> I'll do it for free because I just – send me a book. Anyways, um, So another way of saying sci-fi military, the kind that I like, is space marines, all right? Sci-fi readers know exactly what I'm talking about. That's kind of one of those niche terms, you know? Yeah, I'd never heard the term before. Yeah, yeah. Space marines instantly means sci-fi military, right? And it's the time of, you know, let's go shoot some bugs and kill some bad guys, you know, like, all right. I know this because I know the genre, and that's important for authors to really think about. Now, let's look at the numbers here. It drops, and we're going to compare it to sci-fi military. Okay, sci-fi military was 17,000 competitors. Now it drops down to 2,900 competitors. <laughs> the average top five books monthly earnings goes from 3,800 down to, yeah, 847. Okay, so that's a significant drop, but not a killer. The Amazon searches per month drop to 765, and the competition score drops from 60 down to 40. Okay. What that means is to me is that I can write a Space Marines book. I'm going to have a lot less competition. I'm making decent money from that potential keyword so long as I can rank. And the competition score says, hey, I can rank. Remember the three things we talked about, right? Do people type it in? Do people buy? And is it competitive? Now, I generated a lot of that, um, all that information using a software called KDP Rocket. Um, but again, this, these numbers help me to make the right decision. Now, let me make one more example out of this, okay? Mm-hmm. A lot of people may say that $84,000 is great for science fiction. If I just really do a lot, maybe I can rank for it and then benefit from it. Um, and, you know, Space Marines, that's only 840 bucks. That doesn't sound like enough to get me going. But here's the thing. If somebody types in the word science fiction, they really don't know what they're looking for. They're at the beginning of their book hunting thought process. They just started with the first word that came to mind. If you rank number one for science fiction, you've got a very small chance that that person is going to find your book and buy it. Now let's look at Space Marines. If I thought to write in Space Marines and that your book cover truly exuberates Space Marines, there's a giant cover of a big Space Marine, you know, shooting some bad aliens – Like, you've got a high chance that I'm probably going to buy it because you were at the top. You look exactly like what I'm looking for, you know, and and your hopefully your title and your description say, yes, this is it. 
even though there are only 765 people per month typing that into Amazon, I assure you you're going to get way higher conversion rates, which means more buyers from that term than you would for something like science fiction. And that is where we start to see power in keywords for fiction books. Okay, now we're, we're talking specifically about keywords, but the Amazon sales rankings have to come into play here as well in terms of how Amazon displays the results, right? That's correct, yes. Okay, so um, if, if, for example, you, you, you do your keywords correctly, your cover is great, and your book sucks, people don't like it, um, you, you go further down in the rankings, presumably. Yeah, because here's the here's the way that Amazon does rankings, mm -hmm. okay? It's all about what makes Amazon more money. I mean, there's nothing altruistic about Amazon. They're a business, mm -hmm. right? And the truth, and this is this is where you should think about rankings, is that if they put you number one, but people continue to click number two, the one below you, and they buy it, Amazon's going to be like, okay, yeah, maybe this person used all these terms and they selected that keyword, but seriously, this one's making us more money. Let's give it the prime real estate and put it at the top. Mm-hmm. That, and there's a lot of things that play into that. I mean, first off is the, you know, they searched for the term, they clicked on it and bought it. The second is that uh, the reviews, right? Maybe people are buying your book, but they don't like it. Well, Amazon knows that's a long-term loss if they're always promoting books that just suck and people don't like the product. So that's when reviews do play into your rankings. Um, and there are a whole bunch of other things that kind of play into it. But the key for us authors is to always remind ourselves – what makes Amazon more money? Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is something, it's not a magic bullet, and I know this is something that, that you'll talk about. It, it's something that you're, you're somewhat well-known for. I mean, you, you preach a lot of tactics on your Kindlepreneur website, but you always imply that it's not a magic bullet. You know, you still have to have a good book. You've got to have a good cover, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 100% absolutely. Uh, again, Keywords are just your initial boost to be discovered, okay? Mm -hmm. It's that little, you know, hopefully that spark that ignites. And then if your book cover makes people click on your book, if your title makes people say, this is what I'm looking for, and your book description is a great, you know, um, sales copy converting machine, which is the way you should look at it, okay? Then you will see continuous success because you'll prove to Amazon that yes, you make them more money, and then Amazon's going to be like, sweet, where else can we put this book to make more money? And that's when people start to see their books take off. You know, um, J.K. Rowling, right, wrote the greatest book in the world, all right? Maybe not – to some people, they may not hate that, but it has made more money than any book in the world, right? And yet when she had a professional agent work their butt off, she got rejected a lot. Yeah. I, I've, I've seen the number fluctuate. I don't know what the actual number is. I've seen it like 37 times and I've seen 106. Still can't figure out what the exact number is. But that's that many publishing companies that had the biggest moneymaker in the world and they wouldn't even give her a chance. She just needed that spark to be discovered. Just one person to finally sit down and read it. And that person, by the way, did not read the book. He threw it to his niece and said, here, you check it out. Because he owed the agent a favor. Hmm. And then 24 hours later, that little girl came back. It was like, uh, where's number two? And the guy was like, what? He goes, yeah, I read it all. This is awesome. When's she coming out with number two? And the guy was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'd never heard that story. That's great. 
So it's about discoverability, okay? It's about that spark. But without a great book, without all the other things that come into play for your book, it may just be a useless tactic, as a lot of people say. They worked hard, they got ranked number one, and they didn't see the benefits, and now they hate it. And that's why you'll see a lot of people who don't like it. But let's go back to the whole purpose of this is that so long as people go to Amazon and are typing something into it when they're looking for their book, it is a vital part of your entire book marketing process. Okay. So we've used the example of, of science fiction. Do you have another example for people who aren't science fiction readers like me? Or if you don't, I've got, I've got mine. Yeah. So we talked about genre specifics, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and look at just little particular words and how that changes things, all right? Um, so I like to shift the fantasy, my second favorite, because what can I say? I'm, I, I'm a, you know, I love my books, right? So there are so many different ways to talk about guys who are magical, okay? Mm -hmm. Like wizard, warlock, mage, sorcerer, magician, enchanter. Now, in the marketplace, do you think that that might actually have an effect on what we perceive and whether or not we buy? If that's a real question, the answer is yes. I suspect it is. It does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, now, people who are big into the fantasy know that there are definitely some subtle differences between each one. They conjure up, pun intended, uh, different mental ideas of what they are based off of what they're called. But let's just look at the marketing side of this, okay? The word wizard, which is probably the most popular word you would think, uh, does have 19,000 competitors. Um, however, though, the average amount of money that the top five books were making, this was just a couple of days ago, is $18. The competition level, no, really? the competition level is super high. And here's why, because there's a whole bunch of free books that show up at the top of Amazon for that word. Now there's a lot of searches. There's 16,000 searches, but the point that you need to understand is that if you're trying to write a paid book and it is just full of free books, good luck on that one. Okay, right? You're not you're not going to beat out free books because even if you rank number one above the free books, people are going to say, oh, well, this one's free. I'll just go with it, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if it's a legit looking free book. Now, if you're looking for that perma-free book, you know, to, to put that book for free on Amazon so that you can generate traffic and interest in your next book in the series – then maybe that's a great opportunity. But let's let's keep moving on, okay? So we talked about wizards, a lot of searches, not a lot of money, very high competition. Here's the next one, Warlock. Now, this one surprised me. It only has 1,800 competitors. It makes $1,500 a month on average for the top five books. Wow. But it gets more searches than wizard. It actually has 22,000 Amazon searches per month. That's more than the word science fiction, like, so why is the word warlock bringing more people, you know, having people type that word in more? Well, if you go a step further and you look, you'll see that there are actually some very famous books that have the name warlock in the title. Okay. I bring this example up because it does take that next level to look and ask yourself, why is it that this is so popular? Okay. Um, now, just to kind of quickly go through, looking at the numbers, do you know which one's my favorite, the one that I would actually target uh, the most? And again, it was Wizard, Warlock, Mage, Sorcerer, Magician, and Enchanter. I, I would, it seems like the obvious answer is Warlock, so I'm guessing that's not the answer. No, no, because uh, the competition for Warlock is actually a 96. Really? Yeah, because, like I said, very famous books that have the title of Warlock are ranking for the word Warlock. Okay. 
that kind of tells you that that book has all this external popularity where people are like, ooh, I heard of that book, Warlock. Let me go check it on Amazon. And they type it in, mm-hmm. right? That's why it has so much traffic because it's a famous book. You're not going to want to compete against famous books. So if you're like, oh, man, but I was going to write this love book about warlocks. Well, let's look at changing that word from warlock to how about mage? Okay, Mage is actually seems to be the best one here. It's only got 2,200 competitors, but it brings in $3,200 a month on average for the top five books. And it has uh, 1,800 Amazon searches per month for just the word Mage. Looking at it, it's a little competitive. It's still at 67, okay? But looking at all those different things that you could call your character, you know, or put in your title for the guy who is magical. Mm-hmm seems like mage gives you the most opportunity. Now, again, this I want to caveat myself is that there is a difference between a mage and a wizard. Us fantasy peeps know this, all right? Definitely a big difference between a mage and a sorcerer or an uh, enchanter. So I'm not saying you need to change these things. But just knowing that you have a much better chance of connecting for the word mage over wizard or warlock gives you just a little bit more competitive advantage for that discoverability. How important is it, once you glean this information, to use it correctly? Obviously, we want to use it as a keyword. Do you also, because the word mage in the title, just for me, it it does nothing, but I'm obviously not a fantasy reader. Is it something that you would try and work into the title? Well, no, I'm not a big fan of keyword stuffing. Okay, Um, all right. Definitely not, because especially in fiction. Fiction is about creativity and driving a story. The most important thing, though, you need to think about is, you know, with a title and subtitle for fiction, um, and most of the time I just kind of leave off the subtitle myself, is that it needs to be a title and subtitle that reaffirms that this book truly fits within this genre. Okay, when you're coming up with that title, you don't want to have something that sounds like a space, you know, opera, but truly is a is a battle orc, you know. Uh, mage fantasy book, right? Mm-hmm. When, you, when you do that, you confuse the reader and they think, oh, this isn't what I was looking for. But my point, though, is, is that, for example, say if it was like the Battle of the Wizards, okay? This is one of those times where maybe doing that research, you'll find out that mage is a much better word than wizards. And yeah, it's okay to do that switch. Um, it connects with a certain type of reader over another. If I'm typing in mage, I'm more of a Final Fantasy, you know, um, a magic guy than, you know, a wizard, which is more Lord of the Rings-ish, right? Mm-hmm. But again, it's just kind of that that point. And remember, the best conversion rates is when you're ranking for the term, the right term that your market would type in, and you have the book cover and the title that truly align with it to drive people to the sale. Okay. And tell me again what tool you're using to do this. I use KDP Rocket. Um, you can find it at kdprocket.com. It's okay. actually a software that I created. Um, I took everything that I've used for all of my books over the years, um, the research that I did before I write, because I'm a dad, and I was out on I was out to sea on on South Korean warships when I wrote my first book. Right, I just don't have time to write a book and hope, you know, cross my fingers that there's a market that wants to buy it. Mm-hmm. So I devote developed all these ways to figuring out all these numbers, and then I just kind of put it right into a software. Okay, so this is something that you sell from your website, or is it just, I mean, can we find it from your website, or do we have to go to KDP Rocket? 
Uh, you can well, you can find discussions about it or you know case studies and lessons uh, using it on Kindlepreneur.com, or mm-hmm. you just go to kdprocket.com, um, and it's only sixty-seven dollars. It's just a one. Um, it's a lifetime access for just $67, which again, just the ability, if you're going to write a book in the next five years, mm-hmm. uh, I would highly recommend at least being able to look at the market research, you know, before you start. Okay. So now let me, I, I sent this to you like five minutes before we started today. And so you had very little time to do this, but I presumably you used your tool uh, to do it. I live in Florida because I, I don't even want to say how many years ago, a long time ago. I started reading the Travis McGee novels. If you're a fantasy guy, you probably have no idea who that is. But nope. <laughs> Travis McGee lives on a boat in Fort Lauderdale, and it lived the ultimate male fantasy. So I, I read those books and thought, I want to live in Florida. So I moved to Florida. And I find myself, as a reader, going in and looking up things like Florida mysteries. And I have, I've found myself even niching down Beyond that. So that was sort of the example that I sent you because I also write Florida mysteries. So if if I'm writing Florida mysteries, do I want to, for, ex- let, for example, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm writing a Key West mystery, which I'm not, but I have several friends who write Key West mysteries. That's super specific. So, you know, you can go from mysteries to Florida mysteries to Key West mysteries. So let's use sort of the same process that you used earlier to walk us through how that would work for me as an author or anyone that writes uh, mysteries that take place in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of jumping on software and kind of typing in those book ideas, right? And then looking at what the competition um, was, I got some of the following numbers. And I think this is a really good way to kind of illustrate the process and the thought process that fiction writers should use when they're looking at this. So you start with a very broad term of mysteries, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And on average, the top five books are making about $947 per month. Okay, for just the word mysteries. Yep. So I've, I've totally got to change everything that I'm doing in terms of writing to w- one of these fantasy genres that are making $18,000 or $84,000 a month. Well, again, but, you know, the key is, is that we have this feature that once you've done that idea search and you find out there's numbers, mm-hmm. you can immediately look at the competition. Mm-hmm. And looking at the competition, you can quickly pick up uh, – you can learn why certain books are more successful than others. And okay. it kind of helps to paint the picture of why it's only 947 Whereas Florida Mysteries is fifteen hundred. Ah, so um, you know, first off, when we start looking, if I look at the books that rank for just the word mysteries, okay, mm-hmm. uh, I see that there's, it's kind of a weird situation. I don't think Amazon's really figured out how to label these books, but uh, this the first book that comes up is called The Pickup Artist, and I can immediately say that the person's totally targeting the word just mystery because the author name is mystery, and then it's <laughs> and then it's Chris Odom. This is like true uh, stuffing. Mm-hmm. The, di- the book is 2,500 uh, 2, days old, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's a 999 book. Um, mm-hmm. It's really not making any sales. I mean, of course, it's at 999 and it kind of doesn't look very good. So that kind of is dropping the mysteries average mm-hmm. because somehow it's there. Maybe tomorrow Amazon will wise up and drop it and that'll change some of the figures. But again, right now... We're looking at a not-so-good uh, that's in there. So let's look at the next one, which is The Girl in the Ice by Robert 
Brenza? Brenza? Well, anyway, he, I mean, he's got the magic two words in the title, just the girl for any kind of thriller or mystery. That's I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's jumping on that. And it's only 328 days old. Uh, it's priced at 99 cents. But the guy's making $4,675 per month. And I see average. that book everywhere on on Amazon. Every time I search for anything, that book pops up. Yeah, it's um it's it's subtitle is a gripping serial killer thriller, Detective Erica Foster book 1. Um you know, it seems like it's a great looking cover. Mhm. So, yeah, I mean, with that price point, with it showing up everywhere, which is, again, through keywords, mm -hmm. right, it's, it has proven to Amazon that it should be all over the place. And yeah, Amazon's and it's interesting because I search for the same type of book all the time. It might be Florida Mysteries or it might just be some other types of mysteries, but the books that I'm interested in, that shows up as an also bought for a lot of them, apparently. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, more proof that what you're talking about is, is actually working. Yeah, and— but here's where it really throws off, I, I think, the whole keyword of mysteries is that the third book is a free book. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, it's not making any money, so it drops that average, as well as the fact that it doesn't seem to be doing very good. It's kind of a uh, blasé cover. Um, if, if Deborah Heal is listening to this, I apologize, ma'am. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it is a very blasé cover, and yet it's ranking number three probably because it's free and it's quick to download. So – Again, it's very important to look at the competition and figure out why, you know, the numbers are thrown off or why um, people are very successful with particular keywords. So just to kind of continue on. So we looked at mysteries and we mm -hmm. kind of saw low numbers, you know, low competition, but I don't feel that's a great keyword for anybody to target because the truth is, is that if I type in the word mysteries, I'm looking for a series of mystery stories, okay? And on top of that, like, I don't really know what kind of mystery I like. I might be looking for love. I may be looking for thriller. I may be looking for cyber thriller, you know, but I don't know that yet because mm -hmm. I'm at that beginning phase of the search. And you, people who begin the search usually aren't the ones who buy. It's the ones who know what they want or have been searching for a while and have figured out what they're actually looking for. OK, um, so we move down to like Florida mystery. Now, notice it's mystery, not mysteries. Mm -hmm. So in this case, it is a single story. The numbers for this one is fifteen hundred dollars uh, on average for the top five books, three thousand two hundred searches per month. And it actually has a crazy high score, a com competition score of 90. Wow. So I don't know if I like that, but well, let's take it the next step. Florida mysteries. Okay, so again, this is multiple mystery stories based in Florida, brings in $1,800 a month, so more than just the word Florida mystery. It gets 7,800 searches per month, which is double what Florida mystery is, and it is only a competition score of 58. Hmm. So if I were thinking about writing a Florida mystery or Florida mysteries, I think the numbers have probably helped me to make that decision, which is Florida mysteries. And finally, let's go to your Key West mysteries because I love how you niche down your ideas, okay? Key West mysteries brings in, on average, $369 per month. It only has 390 Amazon searches per month, and the competition score is 40 Okay, so it's easy to rank for. It brings in constant money and it does have searches. I think that if somebody types in the word Key West Mysteries, they really know what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Okay, they like have really identified down. Now, you want to look at the books that rank and make sure it's not some famous book called Key West Mysteries or else otherwise that explains the 390 people per month. 
But if that's not the case, then you have a real opportunity here. And remember, Amazon asked for seven keywords. I think this is a beautiful little building block that will give you an organic source of traffic, okay? Maybe you don't rank number one for Florida Mysteries, but ranking number one for Key West Mysteries, for a book that truly is about Key West Mysteries, like, that's at least constant sales. That That's the kind where so long as the competition just doesn't dramatically increase because people see your success, um, that means that like five, six months from now, you will still be making sales because people are still typing in the word Key West Mysteries and you're at the top. Interesting. And interesting. I like that. Very interesting. Yeah. And I, I as, as a specific example, I don't know. A couple years ago, I went in and just looked for Key West Mysteries because I was in the mood to read a book about Key West, and I like to read mysteries. And I found one, and I'm friends with the author now, but it, it was just kind of one of those things because every single book that came up was a Key West mystery. It just – it was like niche magic to me, and I just – I had no idea what the potential audience was. But yeah, I mean a few hundred dollars a month for something like that, it's, it seems pretty good to me. Yeah, and that's that's a really good way of looking at it. You know, you may have started with this whole idea of, well, I want to write a mystery, okay? And then you type in your idea into KDP Rocket, and it gives you a whole list of types of mysteries out there. It, it gives suggestions, by the way. And, you know, you see that, oh, Florida Mysteries looks pretty cool. And then you can continue niching down, and you can build out, you know, a book. You started with the idea of, I want to write a mystery. But using market research, you can start to tailor it down to something where you know there is a specific market that is actively looking and buying but doesn't have a lot of competition. Remember the three things we talked about? Mm -hmm. And then you can now put a different twist or a flavor to your book so that you know that you're writing for a specific market. And writing to market is extremely important for the new author out there who's just trying to get discovered and starting their career. I still say to big famous people, hey, look, you know um, – you are going to make a lot of money because you're a big-time, well-known writer. Got it. But wouldn't you like to know that this book that you're about to write is going to make sales three or four years down the road when you're not pushing it and you're mm -hmm. moving on to your next book? Yeah, great point. Uh, we are running out of time, but there's one other thing I want to ask you about. It's completely off-topic. You, uh, because of your SEO training, the, the training that you've essentially given yourself and sort of self-taught in a lot of this stuff, uh, you have – created some very successful websites that I, I suspect are you're driving traffic to those sites based on the blog posts that you're writing. A lot of fiction writers, uh, myself included, wonder whether or not we should write blog posts. And if we do, what should we write about? Do you have any thoughts on that in the, in the last few minutes? Yeah, to quickly jump on that, you know, the, the two ways that you make book sales is either use Amazon's uh, current market to drive people to your book, which we just talked about. And the other one is that you go out there in the internet, you find them and you drag them over to your book, right? Mm -hmm. That second part's a lot harder. And I, I say drag it because usually people are like on Facebook looking for cute cat pictures or something. You got to convince them to stop what they're doing and come over to your book. Um, so when we're talking about this other method of finding them and grabbing them and dragging them, you're using things like Facebook ads, Pinterest, you're using SEO, you're using your blog, you're using that email list that you just accumulated and you're putting a link to drive into it. These are all wonderful tactics, okay? But what I like to tell, especially new authors, is that try, you know, when you're starting, try to use Amazon's pre-existing traffic, but then choose a particular traffic skill 
and over time learn and grow that one thing. Don't try to do everything. Don't try to be a Facebook person, a Pinterest, and a, and a SEOer. Like just choose one, mm-hmm. master it, and work on it. But understand that to do that, it is a long-term plan. Okay, you really need to devote yourself. For me, it took me uh, two years of just devotion to SEO to be able to make it into what I've done. Um, now that doesn't mean that bloggers out there can't use SEO uh, to increase their traffic. I think it's a wonderful thing, especially for fiction. Here's a great example. Um, I'm gonna try to find the website, okay, um, and we'll put that in the note, uh, the notes, as okay. well as the number graphs that I talked about. We'll go ahead. I'll send the pictures over, and we'll put that in the show notes for people, so you can actually see the table mm-hmm. that I was talking about. Um, but this one author who writes vampire fiction, I, I think it's not vampire erotica, just vampire romance or something like that. Well, on her blog, which is no big blog, she's no famous author. She wrote an article on famous vampires. And that article ranks number one in Google. So maybe just type that in. You'll find her website. And she lists all of these famous vampires from literature. Okay. Um, And it brings in, I think, like 3,000 people a month to her website. The thing about that is that people who type in famous vampires, (laughs) they're probably big fans of vampire fiction. And she writes vampire fiction. That is a natural connection. Again, this is back to what we just talked about on Amazon, right? You want to get your website to show up for things that your right market would be looking for. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm actually writing a guest post for GoinsWriter.com that actually shows exactly how you can discover that. Um, but kind of a quick thing is that when you know that there's certain websites that you like. Okay, that that are kind of equal of yours or brand new. Mm-hmm. Put them into the service called semrush.com, and it will tell you what their top ten keywords are. The 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 words that are working the most to bring new people to their website. Um, that's how I discovered that that girl's vamp famous vampires article was like her sweet bread and butter that was bringing in new people every day and was helping her to rock. Very cool. And uh, for, for people who are considering blogging, if, if you can find something like that, um, that, that will, will draw people to the post and to your writing, that, that seems like uh, the total sweet spot. We are about out of time. Dave, where can people learn more about you, KDP Rocket, and all of the cool stuff that you're doing? Well, if you go to kindlepreneur.com, okay, that's like Kindle and entrepreneur, kindlepreneur.com, and go to my contact page, go ahead and hit me up there. We have over 100,000 new readers every day coming to the website, but to to this day, I'm still adamant that I will answer every email that somebody sends me. Um, You know, I, I, when I first started, it was the people that actually replied to me the people that actually took some of their time to actually help answer a question that meant the most to me. So it's sort of like my personal mission to pay those people back by doing it myself. So if you got a question out there, you're kind of scratching your head about something we talked about or the numbers we just uh, mentioned, hit me up and I'll be more than happy to reply. All right. And we've we've also talked about KDP Rocket, which is, which is your product. It's $67. You can find out more about that at kdprocket.com. Did I get that right? Yes, and it works for both Mac and PC. Cool. All right. Um, Thanks so much, Dave, for being here. And for all of you out there, thanks for listening. And as we've mentioned a couple of times, you can find show notes and links to everything we mentioned today, including the graphs that Dave mentioned at the end at the uh, AuthorBiz website, which is theauthorbiz.com. Thanks so much for being here, and thanks for listening.